0: Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today is January the fifteenth, and I have the pleasure of interviewing somebody to, who, not only is she an amazing being in her own right, but she also has become one of my dearest friends. I met her when uh, she was referred to me for coaching several years ago. She attended some of my events, some of my workshops. But one of the things that I love about this guest, and her name is Irene Taylor, is that her commitment to waking up has been consistent since the get-go. Now, like every one of us, even though we are committed to wake up, there are many times that we take little naps. And Irene has always been so honest about her falling asleep, her having moments where her ego takes over. But that that awareness and that honesty about what is going on is one of the things that is so beautiful and so refreshing about her story because she is somebody who has had a really rough life like like the rest of us, and I don't wanna compare whose lives are rougher than others, but she had a pretty challenging childhood and it still did not dampen the joy that she knew was the truth of who she actually is. So it is with great pleasure that I get to uh, introduce Irene Taylor to you and with the hopes that you will glean something from her journey that might help you either become more inspired to stick with your journey, to reconnect with your spiritual awakening, or she will serve as an example of the beautiful gift that we all receive when we commit to the work. I know for me, without seeing that there were people that actually come on the other side of their dark night of the soul, feeling happy, empowered, joyful, successful. I needed to see those examples to keep me going. So I'm going to bring on now my beautiful friend. Hello, Miss Irene, welcome Hi. To, to this interview. And now here we have, have you right here, let me, I thought I had turned off all of my dings, but it looks like I'm gonna have a few things dinging <laughs> on this. It's all good. So beautiful. So welcome. I am so grateful. So grateful that I have had the pleasure of of watching you move through your spiritual journey. And let's set the stage for everybody here. Tell us a little bit about the beginning. Um, Who were you before you became aware that you had a choice in living from your soul, from your spirit, or from your ego mind, living from the joy that is natural in you, or living inside of that, that fearful story that you, you know, you created when you were a little girl. So take us to the beginning and let's paint that picture. And then we're going to focus primarily on, on the journey to get to where you are, but mostly on where you are today. Cause you're an example, a true, true, amazing example of what life can look like when we are free of the
1: past. Wow. Um, Well, we definitely have to have multiple interviews for that. (laughs) Um, But um, I guess I just grew up in a constant state of dysfunction and uh, verbal abuse, uh, alcoholism, my parents were asleep; they're still asleep, um, however, I love them dearly and accept them for where they they are now um, but growing up in dysfunction, you didn't really realize that it wasn't normal yeah that that was normal um so getting out on my own, i mean something always didn't feel right um even as a as a young kid, I felt like. Uh, like my spirit was so much bigger than where I was and what I was doing, but I didn't understand that until my mid thirties, probably mm-hmm. closer to 40. Um, but I, I have always had this, uh, sunshine personality, um, very resilient. Um, not much could really keep me down regardless of what I was going through. Um, in my early teenage years, I spent four years on and off out of juvie, um, and it wasn't really because I was a bad kid. I kept running away from home. Um, I just, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't jive with how everybody else was jiving, and I didn't really understand it, so I was considered a, a, a bad child or a rebellious child, mm-hmm. Um So it probably didn't set in until my early 20s um, after I had already had kids that. This just isn't right, um, which kind of sent me on a little self help journey. I was introduced to self help books and I just went down the rabbit hole from there. I became a self help junkie. I was reading any and everything I could get my hands on. And just because I knew something wasn't right, it wasn't a matter of just doing the opposite. And now I've made it. Yeah. Um, so I just spent a lot of years um, in constant chaos. Um, insecurities. Um, well, let's, let's like, let's talk about those
0: things. So these insecurities when you were feeling insecure, so you didn't know that there was this optimistic side of you. But when you were feeling insecure, you made decisions from that place of insecurity. What oh. were a few of the decisions that you made out of insecurity that created more chaos in your life?
1: Uh, relationships. Um, they were always, you know, thinking somebody's cheating or um, trying to hurt me or um, being the crazy psycho girlfriend, uh, turning into Inspector Gadget. You know, following up on people. What are they doing? Um, well, you didn't have trust. You you couldn't oh, trust others. Oh no, trust, no trust whatsoever. Um, no. Not at all. It was all about guarding, guarding myself and making sure I kept myself safe, um, which was so false. So false. Um, You didn't know that
0: at that time you were stuck inside of that pattern of mistrust. And of course, protecting yourself was was what all that you knew to do, because that is what we do when we operate from our ego. We don't really realize what we're doing, but that's that's what was happening. So. I, with you, like I said, I want to focus more on where, where your life is today. So, but before we do that, just give, paint a picture, just, and this is strictly for the purpose of, of showing the real contrast. But as a child, what did it feel like at home? Just paint a picture. We don't need to talk about specifics about mom and dad because this is not about blaming anybody. Everybody did the best that they could. But as you're being parented by unconscious parents, what does that life look like when you are growing up? Just a, you know, just a couple of minutes. Let's not spend a whole lot of time on that. But I want people to really see the progression because who you are as a parent today is absolutely 180 degrees. But your, your parents modeled for you. They modeled for me. Our parents model how we become as parents. And I want you to share a little bit about what was modeled for you when you were a little girl. What was that environment like?
1: Um, I would say a lot of fear, uh, confusion. Um, the one that comes up the most for me would be always feeling like the carpet was going to be ripped out from underneath your feet. Like you always had to stay, you know, uh, at that point in your awareness. Um in and just constantly, you never knew what was going to happen from minute to minute. Um definitely no trust. Um lack huge I still I still um have issues with that with lack scarcity. Um we grew up with four kids in the house and you know my mom just tried to make it um struggling um uh, just chaos me and my brothers and sisters fought all the time um, just not really a lot of happy moments yeah and you guys are, were a pretty blended family so you know you've
0: got different kids different parents so you've got the dynamics mm-hmm. of a lot of, a, a lot of pieces to, to the puzzle of your your upbringing mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah what was what was that like for you as, as a as a child living inside of that that chaos? What what was little Irene thinking about herself and life around her at that time?
1: Um, I would have to say the biggest thing that stands out for me is my sister Desiree was the oldest. My sister Angelique was the youngest. My brother was the only boy. And I just I, I just fell by the wayside. There was there was no label for me and stephanie commented and said in the meantime is where the rabbit hole started yes indeed stephanie read that book to me and that was my first self help book ever <laughs>
0: so so here you are a child feeling like you know there's no room for you then you turn into mm-hmm. this rebellious teenager trying to run away from this yes. space that that you didn't feel like you fit in all right so then we start <clears throat> so so let's start there tell me you know, if you want to talk about that specific book, but what were the stepping stones, the beginning stepping stones that helped you begin to move through um, all of that confusion in your mind, all of that chaos in your mind that helped you begin to see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Clearly, you are not at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel yet, but let's talk about the steps that you took that began to transform your life. What were some of the teachings, the teachers, <clears throat> experiences
1: and uh, you said you were kind of in your late 30s early 40s um when when stephanie and i first read that book i was probably 22 23 years old um and it's in the meantime by ian Levanzant, and she talks about the the issues that you have according to the um uh the levels of a house and 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 the basement is where all the issues are. You don't even know that you have issues. And on the first floor is that you're aware of the issues, but you don't know what to do with them. On the second floor was that you start to learn things of how you can work through these issues. And the third floor is like, OK, I've worked through enough. I could probably live here for the rest of my life. And the attic was like the. Ah. Um, and she, she talked about basement dwellers. Oh, my God. God, I spent my entire life in the basement. Um, So yeah, that was such an eye opener for me. So let's talk about, because your- I didn't even know that I had issues. Absolutely. We don't know that we don't, that's, that's the whole thing about being unconscious.
0: We don't know we have issues because we are not present to our issues. We're in survival mode. We're
1: protecting ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. I stayed there for a long time in survival mode and I still frequent there sometimes. We we all do till we don't. That's just part of the journey. But talk yes. to me
0: about your first floor experience. What were the things, what were the help? that you were receiving, what were the things that you were becoming aware of about yourself at that time that you were just beginning to realize there's another way? What was that like for you? Because for me, that was a really startling time when I am discovering that there's more, but I'm living inside of my less. I'm discovering that I'm powerful, but I'm still living inside of my powerlessness. So there was a lot of confusion for me when I was on my first floor So talk about your experience on the first floor.
1: Um, I would have to say that I I feel like I went backwards um, because I was able to, I realized that I had created as a child these survival mechanisms that helped me to be able to bear the environment. Yeah. And when I started to dig up the issues, I felt like it sent me into this downward spiral that like I felt depressed and I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard. It was so hard. I thought, you know, trying to fix my issues that I would feel amazing like I do now. However, um, I had to, I had to get into the quicksand and it was, it was nothing nice. It, I, I stayed there for a long time. Let's talk about that, because that quicksand that you're
0: talking about, Oof. we cannot move into our power without acknowledging the things that we were doing that were very disempowering. So what were some of the things that you became
1: depressed about that you were beginning to realize about yourself? Um, during that time, like I said, I was reading, you know, multiple books. Um, I had also come across a book, um, How Al-Anon Works for Friends and families of alcoholics, yeah. and I had realized that even though I wasn't a drinker—I mean, I'm a social drinker—but my dad was an alcoholic. I realized how many um, traits I had picked up from him, and how many behaviors, and I portrayed. His behavior as an alcoholic, even though I didn't drink and didn't realize how much his alcoholism affected me outside of, oh, well, he didn't pay attention to me or he didn't love me. It was way beyond that. I had become him in a sense of trying to protect what I felt like I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard to recognize my own behavior. Exactly. To
0: me, that was the most uh, challenging part. Especially, you know, and you and I have read uh, several of the same books. And, of course, you know, I I have my clients read The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. by Debbie. my faves. Yeah. Because when we begin to understand that we're always projecting something that's denied in ourselves, it's really confronting. We're, we're facing our dysfunction. We're facing our judgments, our lying, our stealing, our cheating, yes. all of the things that we didn't like other people doing to us, but that we were actually doing to others. So talk a little bit about your experience with that book and being, beginning to see that the things that you didn't like um, were, were the things that were inside
1: of you projected out. That book, I mean, I felt like when I read that book in my late 30s, when it was introduced to me with you or Dawn or somebody that had told me about it, I felt like I did when I read In the Meantime back in my early 20s, like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like projectile vomiting all of my issues onto everybody else when it's all the stuff that I couldn't see. That was like a game changer a game changer, and to realize that's my stuff that I'm putting on to somebody else that I need to be looking within, not out there. And the best way I can describe that book is I feel like if you look in a mirror, you see your your physical reflection. Well, you can't see your emotional and mental reflection, and that's what everybody is for you. So when you can get that concept and realize that it's never about them, it's about you, mm, Sometimes it's it's a hard pill to swallow. Well, it is a hard pill
0: to swallow. However, that's what sends us up to the second floor. Yes, With yes. Analogy: until you realize that the outside is reflecting you, you really can't move to the next level of the journey. So, let's talk about the second floor, since that mm-hmm. a concept that's familiar to you. What are some of the things that you began to discover on that second floor of your journey?
1: Um. I, I just well, first of all, behaviors, I would say behaviors, um, being reactive, my reactions to other people's stuff and having the perception and realization that it's mine. It it just changes everything. You become a little softer. You start to hold your tongue a little more. Your reactiveness is there. There's a big pause there. There's a huge pause there. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, your ego, you know, they trick you and you just fly off the cliff and, and roll with it. And then you have to, you know, go back and analyze. But some people don't even realize an analysis is necessary. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that analysis, because it's in that analysis that we begin to recognize our
0: ego. So before you knew you had an ego, oh, yeah. I had an ego. I, I didn't have to feel responsible for what I was putting out. Yes. What I was doing. It was yeah. completely. completely So if you don't like it, you know, f you, buddy. Yeah. Let's talk about that analysis that helped you begin to see your ego. Because what was that like for you? Because that is a really big piece about awakening. You cannot skip that. I know so many people want to become spiritual. And they want to have that enlightenment. They want to have that light experience. They want to live. I know I did I wanted to find my halo my wings and I wanted everything that I didn't like to disappear and then magically I would be okay but but that doesn't happen until you look at the block to that so yeah what was it like for you discovering your ego and seeing how that process <clears throat> operates because you have been diligent about looking at that and there is no way that anybody can wake up without the commitment to see how our ego is the block to the presence of love that we are expressing itself.
1: Yeah. I would have to say a big thing for me was when you read a lot of self-help books, not necessarily on the spiritual side of things, but you change who you are. The process of the spiritual journey is not about changing anything. It's it's undoing and getting back to who you are, just sitting in there, just peaceful, just waiting. The The, the spirit is, is eternal. So they're just patience of Job, just waiting for you to get your shit together um, and for you to figure it out. So it's really a process of unlearning where in my 20s, I went through this whole thing of... I felt like I was trying to recreate who I was and not do certain behaviors and just become a better person. It's, it's not even about that at all. It's about becoming who you truly are. Yeah. And to become who you are, you got to look at who you're not. Right.
0: So that chaotic girl, that liar, that cheater, that uh, judgmental, that jealous person, we got to look at all of that. Yeah. Part of what on that first floor is so uncomfortable because it's always pointing at me. But, you know, as you know, when I work with people, we have to name our ego. We got it. We got to give it a name, especially when they go yes. through the power of awareness workshop where yes. it makes more sense and share the name that you've given your ego.
1: <clears throat> My ego's name is sassy <laughs> because she has some fiery pants on and boy, <laughs> she is the epitome of sassy. Yeah. So share a little bit about what. What was it like for you to
0: name that aspect of you sassy? Because it's, so the ego, let me, let me just clarify for people here. The way that I perceive the ego, and this is, uh, not only from my own personal experience, because I began to see this before I really understood what the ego was, but it's the thoughts in our mind that convince us that we are something other than what we are. Mm -hmm. And then I began to read A Course in Miracles about six years ago, and The Course in Miracles calls it a tiny mad idea. It's a belief system that acts as a block to the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. So when I experienced my ego, that's how I experienced it. And then A Course in Miracles says that that's what it is. So for me, putting those two together was beautiful because now I realized that that I was doing something that was consistent, Mm -hmm. looking at the ego in a very consistent way. And I, too, named my ego. And so when you began to see sassy, what was that like for you? Seeing that other belief system that literally was a block to the truth of who you are. You're Miss Sunshine. And then here's this other nasty side. So talk about that for you.
1: Um, I would say that the one that put it into perspective the best for me was when I read The Untethered Soul. The untethered soul refers to the ego as the inner roommate and you coexist in the same human form with this roommate that never shuts up. She never shuts up. She always has something to say, whether I'm cooking dinner, trying to watch a movie, trying to go to sleep. She's always talking yip, 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 yip. like that commercial with the stain on your shirt that's talking louder than you are. Um, So that really helped put it into perspective. And I feel like giving her a name, I was able to address her properly, properly when she was the one driving the bus instead of my spirit, my soul, my essence.
0: Yes, because the goal of the spiritual awakening, even though it's such a simple thing, is so challenging for precisely what you said. We have this voice that is constantly talking and we think we're that voice. Yeah. So the process of becoming aware of the voice allows us to begin to move back behind the voice. Now, sitting back here, you're watching the thoughts that are moving mm-hmm. inside of your mind. And now you can begin to see, is this thought blocking my awareness or is this thought something that I can just, just let go? And once you realize that every thought that blocks your awareness of the truth of who you are is a thought that you can let go. Like a Course in Miracles says, you can shift your perception. That's what the miracle is all about. You don't have to believe a thought that is not true about you. Yeah. So share a couple of thoughts that you used to have that's, and you know, they still show up. I still get some of those ego thoughts. I just don't let them hijack me into a story, into a reaction. But what were, give me a couple of thoughts that are sassy thoughts that when they come into your minds, you know, you don't have to believe them.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd like to share this first in order to get to that, um, because it was a game changer also in the Untethered Soul when he said that, you know, if you went to a relationship counselor, and I'm I'm totally ad libbing, I'm not quoting that if you went to a relationship counselor and you were always single, wouldn't you fire that person? They're not doing their job. You know, if you went to a financial advisor and you wound up in bankruptcy, then wouldn't you fire that person? Well, why do you always listen to the voice in your head and take it as truth? He said, have you, this was the, the, uh, quote unquote, this was a game changer for me. He said, have you ever stopped to check that person's credentials? Oh, I lost it. I was like, that bitch is crazy. She's gotten me into so much trouble listening to her. She has no idea what she's talking about. Um, So back to the the ego, sassy talking to me, I would say the biggest one for me is scarcity. Um, Being self-employed, um, the highs and the lows and just cash flow and, and having to become an accountant without a degree, um, it, it's, it's very challenging. And because of my upbringing, I have to go back to that, that scarcity, that lack. Oh, my God, the money's getting low. And I literally feel the anxiety coming up. I feel the density in my body. And I just sometimes moment by moment that I have to remind myself I'm no longer there. My life is amazing. And I just, I can't plan that sandbox with Sassy anymore. I just have to tell her to go sit down and shut up because they don't serve me anymore. So let's talk about that thought. So there's that thought about scarcity,
0: but there is also another thought that is a consistent thought about who, you know, your own sense of of value and worth. But what's typically that thought that uh, shows up from Sassy that is also, a source of discomfort for you when, when she's talking. Um, What in the financial or a different example, a different example about your deservability around the financials.
1: Oh, oh, worthiness. Oh, that was a big one for me that I didn't even know was an issue at 41 years old in power of awareness, going through all of our worksheets um, that my worthiness kept coming up. And I never, I didn't grow up, even though it was dysfunctional. I mean, I didn't hear, you know, you're not worthy. You're, you know, you don't deserve anything. You know, you're not shit. You'll never be shit. I never heard those types of things to make me feel like I would have thought I was unworthy. But, oh, Mm -hmm. there are so many patterns of unworthiness that have come up in my life. And I feel like that they have blocked me Um, from getting ahead, I have stayed in patterns of the highs and the lows financially forever. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about this because this is so key.
0: If you have a thought running in the background that that there is a lack of money and then you Mm -hmm. have another thought that's saying I'm unworthy, you got these two very powerful thoughts that are that are creating your reality. Because not only am I not worthy of having money come to me, but then there's a thought that there's not enough, which sends us into this constant, um, just a cycle of disempowerment, a cycle of of neediness and striving and stress and total, complete anxiety. That's part of this journey that people don't really fully understand. Because in the beginning of the journey, we want to get all the self-help. We want the law of attraction. We want stuff coming to us. But if we don't understand what blocks it, because things cannot come to us if we are not putting out the frequency for the attraction to happen. So it's like I cannot listen to country music on the radio if I turn on the knob for jazz music. Those two frequencies are apart. They're not going to align. So for me to hear country music, I cannot be listening to jazz. I need to go to the country station. If I want abundance and I'm believing that I don't have it, I'm sending this mixed signal. One of the beautiful things about waking up, and we're going to talk about that with you, specifically to your journey, is the realization that everything is energy. We exist yes. in the mind of the creator, no matter what you call it. Everything is energy. We are pure consciousness, and and our thoughts are a reflection of the frequency. It's the output of what we're sending. Yeah, out. what we're tuning into. What we're well, more than what we're tuning into, it's the signal that we're sending out. Yes. So what is out there tunes into that signal because it has to give us the, the validation of what we are putting out. So that match, for that to happen, we have to do the work that is often known as that dark night of the soul. We've got to look at these beliefs that we have bought into that are not true about who we are. And of course, that sends us to places like you said. You discover that you have this belief, uh, this belief in unworthiness, but yet inside of your unworthiness, here, you know that you grew up with parents who weren't teaching you that. So we have to question where the heck did that thought come from? Yeah. So when you began to realize, that you had taken on these beliefs that Sassy's using to keep you somewhat disempowered. Share with me, what was it like for you to begin the power or not the power, but begin to shift those beliefs? How did you do that? What were the things that helped you in becoming not only aware, but gave you the courage to begin to let go of believing something that wasn't true about you?
1: Um, well, I have a great answer for that. But I, I want to add something to what you said earlier is not only do I have, you know, the unworthiness and the lack, but I have me, managed. Hold on a second, because
0: I, I'm going to do here with you what I do in coaching. So it's a thought. I have the thought of unworthiness and lack. Yes, so- yes. Cause I want people who are watching this to understand that we're always, we're isolating the thinking that we can change, but I'm not lack and I'm not worthiness. I just have a thought of lack and worthiness. Unworthiness.
1: Yes. Well, I feel like through our coaching that I had worked through a lot of that. Um, but what I didn't realize was I still had an undercurrent of, um, I was able to bring the abundance but my unworthiness kept me pushing it back away. So it'd come in and then it'd go back out. Yep, exactly. And it, it was a pattern over and over. So I was able to attract it, but I wasn't able to keep it for the level of what I felt like I deserved. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really good point because when we're sending out make signals,
0: we say we want country, but then we turn on jazz, so once we realize, oh, jazz is playing, but I want country, then we we want to switch to country. But if we don't turn that thing off, it's still active. So we could be listening to two different radio stations and we're bouncing between the two. I know I do that. I push my buttons and I'm always between two stations. But yeah. that consistency of what it is that we're wanting is the is the work of awakening. Yeah. So let's talk about your life now. Let's talk about now that you have become a conscious being and I want you to to share how has your life changed now that you know that you are, you are this magnificent child of the creator, because that's what awakening is all about. It is not just the recognition that we are as God created us, regardless of what you call it. I went through a period that I called it universe. I called it source. I called it spirit creator. I wanted to call it everything but God, because I still had issues with God that I had to work through. Mm -hmm. But That's what waking up is, is that we were created by this creator and it created us to experience all that it created, which means that's where abundance comes in. Mm -hmm. That's where happiness comes in. That's where our wholeness, our peace comes in because we were created. We're beginning to accept that we were created to experience all there is. And of course, we block it with the beliefs of limitation and lack and unworthiness among others. But talk about what does your life look like when you began to realize that you didn't have to believe those thoughts that were sassy thoughts, ego-based thoughts? Take us through that process as your life is changing. What does that change
1: look like? Um I would say in the beginning it was like a roller coaster because I was getting it and in the words of Lina that my head I was getting it logically but I wasn't feeling it and mm-hmm. A line ism for everybody. You got to feel it to heal it. And because I was so in survival mode and, you know, single parent struggle mode that I didn't have time to feel anything. I had to do, do, do. I had to keep going, keep it moving, keep it pushing. And there was really no time to sit down and think about my sappy feelings. I just had to make sure that everything was taken care of. I had to make sure. Sassy had to make sure that everything was taken care of, trying to control outside circumstances, so beginning the journey i was I was understanding it. it was clicking for me, but my head and my heart were not aligned yeah. they were not so it was an emotional roller coaster of irene's running the show Sassy's running the show who's driving the no. Um and um, now further on in my journey. I, There's not even any words that can describe the peace and clarity that I feel on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is literally just it just radiates out that you just have to feel it. (laughs) There's no there's no words to put it into a concept. It's just a feeling that's indescribable.
0: Well, yes, because that—that's what happens when we feel deeply what we are. Mm-hmm. What we are is one with everything. There, there's nothing yes. to struggle with. There's nothing to resist, to push against. There is just an allowance, a surrender into our beingness, of of connection with all that is and that's the sweet spot of manifestation that people don't really understand when that mind is no longer thinking thoughts that block the truth of who we are all of a sudden there's a clarity that allows for inspiration to come in and from that inspiration the creation is is a given um, yeah. it's like that the teacher abraham who says ask and <laughs> well mm-hmm. we all know that we're good at asking but but we don't think that it's been given because we don't see it, but we can see the good that is always there, that is given because our thoughts block it our, right. our that training that has us look for what is not there gets gets pretty strong, so we have to train ourselves to look for what is there. so as you were talking about, you had to feel it to heal it. We cannot skip that process. This is probably. I'm going to say the second most difficult thing to do. So there are two things that that are really challenging people who get awareness in their head. Um, and for me, this, this was a part of the beginning of my journey. I got it in my head, but I didn't want to feel all that yucky stuff either. So until I began to feel what I was beginning to believe that that shift didn't happen. Then I went through another phase where I was, my heart was so open. It was so wide open. I was feeling yes. things. Yes. But I still had ego thoughts that I needed to not agree with. So, yeah. So there's the work of both, questioning those beliefs and feeling the emotions that have been stuck. Talk yeah. a little bit about the process that you went through of feeling emotions. Because <sighs> that is a, not only is it scary for people who are not in touch with their feelings, it's a very challenging thing to do. But it is also what begins to free us from the past because it's mm-hmm. stuck inside of us. It's like a chunk. It's like a massive boulder with lots of pieces to it gets created that blocks our heart. It blocks our throat chakra. We can't express ourselves mm-hmm. because we have this massive, um, block of energy. You know, you know that I call emotions energy not in motion. Yes. So what we're feeling is this movement of this energy that wants to be put in motion. That's why you have to feel the energy to heal it and release it. The the momentum of the energy moving out is is what heals us. So talk about that time because I remember that was that was not an easy time and it It wasn't fun or or easy or comfortable.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely very uncomfortable. I literally felt like my nerve endings were all on the outside. Like I was feeling. Everything I mean, I could have been tearing up at a toilet paper commercial. Um, Did you see that baby? Oh my God, the toilet paper is so soft. Um, I mean just everything and I I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to not feeling for anything. Um, we don't feel because we don't want to feel the bad feelings, but we're also blocking the good feelings exactly. and in that that is a game changer. Yes. so speak to some of the things that you
0: felt that were were really uncomfortable for you, but that were part of of the the release because like you said, it's a game changer.
1: So what changed your game? Um I guess that I feel like uh which kind of brings me to another thing that we can talk about how our ego along the way is hip to what we're doing and our ego gets spiritualized too and we start to manipulate other people saying we're coming from a place of love, which we feel like we are, but we're not necessarily. And basically we're trying to get other people to still do what we want them to do. Um, so yeah, that, that, I had to feel into that, that, that wasn't nice. When I realized that I did it to my best friend and my husband, and it was, it was a hard pill to swallow. And I told both of them what I had been doing and not even realizing I was doing it because I was still not trying to address some of my fears. Mm -hmm. So basically I wanted them to do particular things that would take off of me, what I was fearful of doing. Yeah. All in the name of spirituality. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But I can tell you that prior to my spiritual journey, that doing that, and if I would have realized that, Sassy would have never allowed me to tell them that that's what I did. And it's about taking ownership, ownership of your own shit. Yes. And that that brings me to the point of
0: the power of forgiveness. So talk about forgiveness and how those two things,
1: because that's really what liberates us. Yeah, I actually um, I did a lot of forgiveness work. And what's funny about We're like, okay, we need to forgive past lovers, past friends, you know, of course, our parents, maybe our siblings, but the most important person that we need to forgive, we always forget, and that's ourselves. I had so much self-forgiveness that I had to work through, and I still do. As they come up, I recognize them, and I do the work, but I have... I have the book of Sassy up in here, that I have a journal that I just write letters to her when I see something coming up that I need to forgive myself for where I was and not knowing any better um, and just being grateful to her for getting me through times that I felt like I couldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that piece, that forgiveness piece is so crucial. And, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that it is self-forgiveness because You know, the beautiful thing about this journey is the recognition that as one energy, if there is one consciousness, Mm -hmm. we are that consciousness appearing to have forgotten that we are that. So when we condense ourselves with a belief system into a small idea of who we think we are, this finite little puny peon on planet Earth in survival mode, because it's me against that big bad world and we live inside of, of that, that littleness, we forget that we are the ones who make those decisions. Yeah. And this is so uncomfortable. I know you, you struggled with this Mm. as I did myself for my own process in, in recognizing that nobody made us believe anything. Yes. It appears that other people did things. It appears that we were not, cared for, we were abused, we were emotionally neglected, for some people physically neglected. But nobody, nobody controlled our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes, they taught us things, but our minds can reject it. God knows I've taught my children many truths and they reject them until they're yes. ready to receive them. Mm-hmm. As is everybody I know I had the opportunity to uh understand all of these things. Before I got to understand them, before I even accepted the truth that was unknown to me, but i lived inside of my known, but it wasn't until that moment. And I want you to talk about this for you when you realize that our salvation comes from recognizing that every thought is a thought that I have the power to keep or release. Every yeah. thought is a thought that I have the power to agree with or disagree with. Speak to when you you came to that moment that you realized that your point of power was in your perception.
1: Um I don't know that I actually remember the exact moment but I do know that along my practice I have picked up the practice of questioning my thoughts. Yeah. Like if i get upset by something and it takes me days sometimes to go through this process every irritation <laughs> i got it right here on my piece of paper every irritation is an invitation to see your ego's motivation yes 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 right. um it it's so true it's so true like before my awakening and you know in my early years of self help um, that I was so reactive and back to the projection, you know, that I literally now, <clears throat> for the most part, um, because I'm definitely not perfect, um, I still have a human form that um, will act up just like the rest of us. Um, but I, I literally will question my thoughts, like, uh, where am I coming from? And now it's a little bit harder because Sassy is, she's up on her game. She's staying up late. She's reading all the books I'm reading. She is getting hip to all my stuff. So I I have to work a little harder sometimes and really realize, am I coming from a place of love? Is this something that I need to go within? Is this something that's really out here that somebody else's stuff that I'm just feeling the energy of? I I have to dissect things that irritate me. Last week with Ariana. Yeah. she irritated me and it literally just like the matrix just downloaded into my head when I was like why is this irritating me because it's exactly what I do in a different situation with something else and I had to stop and I just yelled out oh thank you for showing up and showing me my shit and she's like what do you mean I was like hold on I gotta write it down I gotta write it down I'll tell you about it in a minute and I did and I explained to her why what she was doing was irritating me When it was something that I'm already struggling with in a different area of my life, but it's the same concept. And that's the thing that is, is that uh, when those irritations, which are, as you know,
0: are the gifts in our lives, once we are probably that third floor, fourth floor in the house, when you can see the irritation, which is nothing more than you you projected onto other people, something that you needed to see about yourself. So you're looking in the mirror and the others are the mirror. So so you get that irritation. It invites you to look at the way your ego operates. Do you realize that that is one of the the most um, advanced paths on the spiritual journey? The path of being able to see that nothing is happening outside of me, but rather everything is a projection from what is going on inside of me. Because this is how, you know, to use the untethered soul that you love so much and I love so much. That's why I did those workshops. But when you look at those beliefs, that is the solidity that we're letting go of. We're letting go of a solid belief system mm-hmm. that, that allows our ego to be something that, that is real. That like this thought system that I have, this identity about myself is somehow real. When we see that irritation that because somebody else activates that for us thankfully Mm -hmm. right we're letting go of what we're not yeah that's part of the 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 magic the miracles in this this journey Mm -hmm. because anything anything and this we're talking about the spiritual ego when we get spiritual spirituality in our head and we will all do that that's just part of the journey and we begin to live a very spiritual life we think i know because i have from that spiritual pedestal that I know what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing. And it's really, really amazing to watch people who want to control circumstances but are not able to come inside and say, why do I need to control that? Exactly. Why does that bother me? Mm -hmm. Because we're still manipulating the outside. Oh, I'm not going to do this because... um, For whatever reason but that's not freedom that doesn't free you yep the shackles are still there they are they're there because now you got to make sure that person doesn't do that thing to you even though you're all spiritual Uh, let's use the rest of our time and talk about your life and and just how you feel what's going on you know you and Pete your your wonderful husband you guys have created you know an incredible business I know you're still working through through your shit. We all yep. do. Yep. Those thoughts come through our mind. But you live more inside of that space of love. How has yeah. that transformed your life and your your relationship with, with your children now? As a conscious parent, you have a little one now. It's yeah. like you have two families. You got your older grown kids, almost grown, and yeah. then you got this little baby. Take the stage right now and <clears> tell <throat> her. What does life look like? For conscious Irene today, an Irene that recognizes that not only are you magnificent, but you are exactly as God created you, spirit, source, universe, whatever you want to call it, whole perfect and complete.
1: Um, it's pretty damn awesome. It, it really is. Um, I feel like I am in the place of just ebbing and flowing and um, I, I get that nothing really has, has meaning outside of the meaning that I give it. I know that everything happens for a reason. Um, another, another line of ism is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? I feel like if I need to defend anything, it's probably my ego. Um, and I choose happy. I choose happy. And I, when things don't go the way I feel like they should, I have a much a uh, lighter feeling about it because I know that if it's not going the way that I think that it should go it's it's still working out the way that it's supposed to yeah. so life is definitely a lot easier a lot of a lot of fun um, and um, having children young and now having another child when my oldest is about to be 25 and my youngest is going to be three this year um, it's a completely different. Ball game, all together. Like I I, I realized all the things that I did to her that basically were passed on generationally and her and I, we have an open relationship. We didn't because I was still in my ego and couldn't see how I was projecting my stuff onto her because she was a reflection of that part of me that I couldn't, I still hadn't healed and um, wasn't ready to take ownership of yet. Um So, I feel like we have um, open communication um it's it's really great it 's really great. I have two grown daughters, a sixteen year old son and a two and a half year old son um, all at different stages. They all showed up to show me my shit at different stages in the game <laughs> um some stuff i 'm still not even aware of, but when it comes up, I feel like I have enough training to dissect it um my husband, he's on his own journey, of course, spiritual, sassy, still wants to push him along and, and get him up to speed on where I am. Come on, babe, let me help you. Let me help you. And it, it's hard for me not to do that um, because I just love him so much. And I see him in a way he can't see himself. Um, but I just have to love and accept him for where he is without judgment. And you know, He's exactly where he's supposed to be. And
0: that's what unconditional love is all about. So we're returning to the love that allows everything to be as it is, how it is, when it is, because if there is anything that we need to change, then we are trying to control conditions. And inside of that controlling conditions, the message that we're sending is there's something wrong with us. That that's, That's all that that does. And that—that's what we're waking up—is to the perfection of everybody. So I know you have those thoughts. The, the sassy kicks in. That spiritualized Irene kicks in, and wants to tell him what he should do. But you also shift. Talk about your shifting. Your shifting and lifting, um, because that is something that takes us a long time to do. And and I'm watching you, just beautifully and masterfully able to do that. So speak to the internal process that you go through to shift yourself when you catch catch those thoughts that are that are
1: not going to serve you um well i can say that of course pete and i have been through many dark places together and um he's far enough in his journey um that he's open enough To where we no longer have what I call ego battles um, because I say something to him and then his defenses are up and, you know, it's just back and forth and just our egos are bickering back and forth and nobody's hearing anything and nothing is being resolved. And we will literally if there's something that needs to be talked about, we will set the stage of, okay, we need to talk with open hearts and, you know, no defenses, there's no need, and we will literally have great in-depth conversations, even recently, of things that we may need to take a different approach on, like The Conscious Parent, amazing book, plug for Dr. Shafali. everybody needs to read that, parent or not, just to realize how you were parented, but now I'm reading her second book, um, The Awakened Family, and the, the baby, IV, he will grow up in a conscious place to be able to just let his spirit be wide open, of course, with boundaries. However, while Pete and I are still working through our shit, we can be just as sweet to IV and show up what we think we want him to see, but energetically, he's still feeling exactly. our angst. And Pete and I need to get that under control in the sense of healing it, letting it go it's not that we need to hide it because there's no hiding in energy yeah you can't you can't hide it sure.
0: No, we're feeling it
1: but yeah. the awareness it goes back
0: to that irritation is that invitation yes yes and then you got to feel it to heal it so we all have to go through those processes there's there's no avoiding that yeah. um, so go ahead and tell us about your business right now because i want people to be able to contact you to reach you for the kind of business that you have because, you know, you might as well work with somebody who is conscious. That's what this whole journey is about. And here we have somebody
1: who has uh, some conscious businesses. Uh, My husband has Invex Logistics, um, which thanks to Lina, we figured out what that means invested in excellence. Um, We have Invex Logistics, which is our asset-based trucking company, and we have currently four trucks. Um, they are flatbed trailers, and uh, we also have Invex Solutions, which is the brokerage side that we, when our trucks are too busy or we don't have the the specific equipment that the customer needs, we can hire somebody that does. so it's transportation, transportation all the way around. Yes. Yeah. Every aspect. So if somebody
0: that watches this needs uh, somebody to deliver things from Atlanta, pick it up somewhere else, move it its basically moving things from here to there, from there yes. to here and anywhere in between, yes. um, you know, you've got you've created this incredible company and I've watched you grow so much because as you begin to acknowledge your worthiness, as you begin to realize that we live in an abundant universe there is no lack. There is no shortage. Only our ego has us believe that there's not enough. So either we're always on the short end of the stick or we are hoarding so much to, you know, to yeah. keep us safe. Um, but if somebody needs some logistics, some transportation, yeah. then work with a company that is that is conscious, how beautiful that is. Right. And we fix problems that our customers don't even know that they have. <laughs> That's fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. So I want you to um, take us through one more thing okay. and speak to me, to to our audience, and I'm so grateful for everybody who has participated, that we've had some uh, many people watching it and also a few people have made some comments, so that's always wonderful. If you still want to make any comments about what you're watching with Irene, any any hints, ahas that you've received, by all means, put them on there. We would love to ha- have those as well. Um, but I want you to tell me throughout this journey, what has this journey done for your relationship with God's or spirit and share what is it that you feel comfortable calling it? And then tell me, what, what does that relationship look like now?
1: Um, I don't have um, any uncomfortability with the name. I. Um, I used to call them Big G. Um, I can call them God, Source, Universe. I, I'm with all of those. Um, they all mean pretty much the same. Um, I, I literally feel like the matrix. Like literally I get plugged in and I get everything that I need because I have that direct connection and I have that access to unlimited everything. But I can literally feel When Sassy has pulled the cord, she just pulled it, and I I can feel when I'm out of alignment. Um, and I guess that goes back to the, you know, the head and the heart and being able to feel that is so important. And I can't stress that enough. Um, people think, oh, no, I feel it. No, no. You're going to know when you feel it. You may think that you feel it, but you're going to know there's a knowing when you feel it. And it's just it's just incredible. Incredible. And I just read um, Gabby Bernstein's book, the universe has your back. And she was saying about that we pray and she was saying when you think you need to surrender, surrender more. And I feel like that that's where I'm at at this point of the surrendering more. um, Because she said you can't pray and then take the wheel back. You know, like, okay, 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 I'm good. I'm good now. Now I got it. I can take it from here. no. It's, it's just a knowing that you pray and you let it go. It's being taken care of. You don't need to keep revisiting. Is it, is it being taken care of yet? And that's been a, a part of my issue that um, that realization was huge for me. And it's all about that direct connection. And isn't that one of the
0: things that has, has been a result of your spiritual awakening? You're doing the work to remove the blocks to the awareness that spirit is. Absolutely. What you are, but what you're inside of. Because if there Absolutely. is one energy field, we cannot feel the peace of this one energy if we block it with our beliefs, with our ego. That that's all that happens. So yeah, and you can be plugged in, and then a block blo- blocks the plug. Exactly. So, and a block is just a thought. It's a thought that we keep thinking that says truth is not true. Yeah. So, so really quickly share, you know, you've talked about quite a few things that have been, that have been impactful. The Untethered Soul was wonderful for you. Uh, Ileana Bansan's book. We talked about Debbie Ford's The Dark Side of the Light Chasers and then Gabby Bernstein. Are there any other things that you want to give credit to for, for helping you get to where you are? Because I want this to become a resource for others. What's you.
1: The- You, you, Lina, the whole world needs Lina. I mean, you have literally catapulted me into where I am. You fast-tracked everything I had been trying to do before I knew about you. The whole world needs Lina, and this world would be a better place, period, period, period. You don't allow me to sit in the woe is me, and you said it best when you said about when people need therapy, you know, they want somebody to kind of feel what they're feeling and awe. And no, when they come to you, they're ready to do something about their shit. And that is, that's it. You got to put on them shit kicking boots because Lina is not going to allow you to not <laughs> accept your shit. And I love you. I love you. The whole world needs to know about Lina. Like I am your biggest form of advertisement. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's very sweet. You're wonderful. So is there there any other things you want to give a plug to? (laughs) I mean, A Course in Miracles, of course, but that is, um, you have to be a little further in your journey to um, get that because it's a little woo-woo if you just try to jump into A Course in Miracles and you don't know anything about anything else. Um, So I'm excited about doing the Mastery Course with you with that this year. That is going to be amazing. That is a lot of
0: fun. I mean, that group of twenty people going through uh, an entire year of total, complete, walking the talk. That—that's one of the things that excites me because I love teaching what I'm learning. Yeah. That—that is absolutely beautiful and powerful. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and and doing this interview with me. I know a lot of people are going to be touched and and they can see. You're an example of somebody who's doing this really deep, uncomfortable work, has done this and can still remain on that level of happiness and joyful and always looking for the good in everything. And, and that that is just so refreshing to get to work with you. Um, so I so appreciate you, Irene. Just to the moon and back. That's why I adore you not only as a, as a client, but also as, as a dear, dear friend. Yes. Um so I want to share what what I'm up to so that people can can um see next week I have an interview with my sweet friend Jody. Now that woman is remarkable. She has undergone her own spiritual journey also. Uh, she had to deal with a brain tumor. She's been a single mom for a very long time. Lots of things and Jody is a is a is another like like Irene. It's just sunshine. She defaults to that sunshine place, but it wasn't always that way. So join me next week, and that is going to be on January the 22nd, also at 12 o'clock Eastern time, so that you can hear Jody's story. <clears throat> then I want to invite you, every Tuesday night, I have A Course in Miracles at Unity North in Marietta, and that is 7 to 9 o'clock. It's only a $10 donation, and, and we talk about A Course in Miracles. we were working through the text, Powerful Information. Then I am teaching my Power of Awareness workshop. That starts on February the 22nd. Somebody's at the door. They're going to have to wait. That starts on February the 22nd and goes through February the 25th. That is my amazing course that I received to share with the world. And Power of Awareness is really, really just that. It is powerful because it helps you become self-aware. The next thing that I'm going to be doing is on February the 3rd, I am doing a one day shift and lift workshop that is only $99 and it is just a very simple tool that will, will help people become really aware of who they really are. So I hope you can join me for that as well. So thank you so much for participating, Irene. Thank you again. I love thank you. Thank you, And remember we are truly magnificent. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.